Iowa Republicans have no sense of irony, decency, or respect for my time. What a week. Welcome to What a Week, where we break down the week's top news stories. I'm Lauren McElmeal, the Digital Director for Progress Iowa. And sitting in for Matt Sinovic, I am Greg Howenstein. Lauren, how you doing? You know, Greg, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great? So you've had quite a week up at the Capitol. Yeah. Do, have they just reserved you a chair? Do you have, like, your chair up at the Capitol at this point that you like to go to for the hearings? No, I usually stand for them. Uh, and then... uh well, when I was in the Judiciary Committee meeting this week, uh, they didn't have enough chairs for the legislators around oh. the table, which what? like you'd think is like the number one thing you would make have. Make sure everyone has yeah, a chair. Yeah, make sure everyone has a chair. So I had to give up the chair that my stuff was on. Some of these folks are a little creaky. I Make sure they have a chair. Yeah, that that 20-year-old one had a chair, no problem. <laughs> so... Uh, You've been up at the Capitol this week due to a a slurry of anti-LGBTQ bills, uh, some of them ranging from, from bizarre to just plain stupid and hateful. I, I, I was, I've been steaming about this for a week now, so I'm really glad that we're bringing this up. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's bananas. The imaginations of these people is number one terrifying but also like why right you have you have a hundred days up at the up at the capitol to really get things done and this is what you choose exactly to like do we not have enough do a to bunch do of like do we Same. need to get him a fidget spinner or like teach him how to knit or something like that fidget spinners the the pogs of the, the 2020s <laughs> I think, you know, maybe that's what we need to do. We just need to get a bunch of these legislators some fidget spinners so that they quit sending stuff to, to legislative services to get drafted. It, let's, let's go over some of them. Uh, you have marked down under stupid, and I can't agree with this more. <laughs> House file 2201. A bill requiring schools to notify parents or guardians about classes programs or any curriculum addressing sexual orientation or gender identity under the bill parents and guardians have uh, can have their children exempted from learning the material I, so i thought about this. we're both just making faces at each other because we can't speak I, I i i was i was ranting to emily about this i want if i were in the legislature i would write an amendment that if you opt out of this you can't use a computer at school because it was invented by Alan Turing, yep, who was gay. You can't even discuss the election cycle. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't. This current election going on right now, you can't talk about it because they might bring up the fact that Pete Buttigieg is gay, and apparently that that would just melt kids' brains. One of one of my things is that like my general like philosophy of education is that it is to teach you about things that you might not otherwise have ha, like have firsthand knowledge of. Right. Like, I was clearly not at, like, I'm only 25, so I was clearly not at the Stonewall Riots or, like, at anything having to do with Harvey Milk. I watched the movie, though. It's great. But True. It's show, or I wasn't at all of these sort of historical events that have immense meaning to LGBTQ communities that 
I mean, our our curriculum is also already just so stripped out of like anything that's not just like white dude history. Right. That like I remember learning stuff in college about like there were black suffragettes and there were like I I learned about Marsha P. Johnson in college. I didn't learn about her in high school. And like she is one of the big like people in the Stonewall in the the gay rights movement. And Mm -hmm. I didn't learn about Harvey Milk until your wife brought it up. Right. Until the movie came out. Until the movie came out. Yeah. And I, it, I feel like education should be about teaching empathy and teaching you about things that you do not have firsthand knowledge of so that you can then go coexist in a world that is going to have different people than you in it. Right. I completely agree. Like, this is... The, the end goal here, if you're following this down a logical path, is the literal erasure of LGBTQ people from, from our education system, from, from society. Like saying, these people aren't worthy of being talked about. And not, not even just like not worthy of being talked about, but that you have to have special permission to talk about them. Right. Like they're making it into like a restricted subject when this is literally like, this is history about who made the first computer. Yeah. And, like, who was a county supervisor in San Francisco in the 70s? Right. Or just any of the... Or who's one of the current candidates running for president? Right. These are just historical facts. Yeah, any of the accomplishments that that people have made. But the fact that they're gay means that you can opt out of learning about it? Yeah, no. And this all... More of this even to say that, like, this would factor into like sex ed classes where you wouldn't get to learn like the full spectrum of like contraception and like how healthy relationships manifest and like what to look for if you're in like a crisis relationship or something exactly and i i mean i'm i am one of the straights and uh i can't even imagine feeling so alone and thinking that there is no one in the world like you Mm -hmm. and having to go through this process to like basically just learn about people who are like you. If you're sitting there in, in class and you're not straight, you know, and the teacher says, okay, if your parents check the box, you need to leave the room. How does that, how does that make that kid feel to know that, oh, you know, Sally's parents hate me. Jimmy's parents think I'm, I'm wrong mm-hmm. and, and an abomination. How, how does that help foster a, a welcoming, good community? I also don't like this idea that, like, LGBTQ history is somehow, con- or even just LGBTQ issues writ large, is somehow controversial or, like, needs, t- or likening it to, like, I think one of them talked about, like, likening it to sexual education classes, which I'm also, like, the the gender division among that is also dumb. But look, because, like, right, I think that that's just stupid. Everyone needs to know how everyone's Everyone, parts work. Yeah, if you're gonna interact with them. Also, like, very, so many people get to like be where these legislators are, and they don't know how how everyone's bodies work. Right. And then they write stuff about how they think those bodies work, and it's not right. Yeah, but men could could men and boys could do well to learn about things like ectopic pregnancy yeah and endometriosis, endometriosis yes. yes uh you know 
conditions that, that people go through that once they learn about, maybe they realize, oh, maybe birth control isn't just for people who want to sleep around. And even so, that's not a bad thing if you want to. Like, <laughs> Exactly. There, I think it would behoove a lot of people in our society to learn about things that are different from them. And I don't mean just in like a strict, like I have conservative relatives that are like, if you just saw it from somebody else's perspective, I'm like, I am very good at seeing it from other people's perspectives. I am a very empathetic person who understands the perspectives of like a lot of communities that you will not even like dip a toe into. Right. It's just that seeing if your perspective leads to yeah. damage yeah. in people. Yeah. <sighs> Speaking of damaged people. We're going to move <laughs> into uh, the piece de resistance of Senator Guth's <laughs> bizarre. Ugh. He's the only sponsor on this one, by the way. Oh, for Pete's sake. Yeah, he... Uh, Somebody get this guy a, you know, an iPad or something. Right? With some games on it. Fruit Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Just give him Fruit Ninja and Candy Crush. So this bill, Senate File 2130, has to do with, quote-unquote, fraudulent sexual orientation and would basically require anyone applying for a marriage license to disclose their sexual orientation. Like, they would literally check a box that would say, like, bisexual, pansexual. I don't think it said pansexual on that because it's, no, like... No, no, there, there were just... I believe there were just... There were just... Two and then an other, I believe. There are five on there. Oh, and it's one of them's like questioning and unsure or other, but yeah, it's it's bizarre. And the the general thought behind this is that this would be another way to just grab custody from people who are otherwise very qualified to be parents because of this quote unquote fraudulent misrepresentation or falsifying your sexual orientation which is just such a banana statement it's the holy thought crime batman <laughs> yeah here, here here's my general thought on it it's none of your damn business yeah why do you care so much you're asking these people to give you their this inform you're if you're you're asking people to give you this kind of info this kind of sensitive information i guess and what are you gonna do with it like right like, this just seems like this, a way to get... This then goes into a database. Yeah. Keeping a database of, of people's sexual orientation has never gone wrong. No, in never. In the history of humanity. No, no, definitely didn't include, like, some real rough stuff. Speaking of rough stuff, we got one more. House File 2272 prohibits medical professionals from providing gender-affirming medical care like puberty blockers and hormone replacement to trans children in Iowa. Wow. You want to take this one? Because I'm just going to go into a rage. I'm just like, what does it hurt you to, to have someone live their most authentic life and be happy and feel like themselves? What, what harm does it do to Senator Guth, to Senator Jake Chapman, to all of these people that are on all of these bills, what does it do to them to have these people live their fullest lives? I... There are no words. Write to these people. Tell them why they're wrong. I know I will be. 
And quick note, if you aren't a constituent of them, but they have a a, a higher ranking role on a committee that is considering one of these terrible bills, you can start with saying, like, I'm writing to you because you're on this committee. And that could yeah. kind of get you around the whole you're not a constituent deal. Right. That is straight from the the mouths of uh, representatives Art Stayed Mary Masher. So they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Let's turn now to Lauren's legislative corner. We need jingle. I was going to say, can I get a jingle? (laughs) (laughs) This week, in addition to, I didn't necessarily get to go up specifically for those bills, but I did go up for the abortion ban amendment committee meeting in the Iowa House. So this is now the last stage before debate in the House. And I believe they'll. it probably will go onto the docket next week. And as we're recording this on Thursday, yeah. they're debating it in the Senate. Yeah. Senate is debating it. And it passed out of the House committee because, of course, it did. Um, all Republicans voted yes. All Democrats voted no. And then one of them, Chris Hagenau, was gone. But I can imagine that he probably would have voted in favor of passage. Yeah. And... Uh, Chairman Steve your bu- Holt. Your buddy. My buddy Steve Holt. He read the exact same remarks again, but he added like a weird thing about in vitro fertilization that like Uh-oh, he, he said the quiet part out loud. He said the quiet part out loud. And I'm just waiting for someone to run with that because like Steve Holt just always seems to say like one one thing gets away from him. Yeah. And <laughs> Boy, if only we knew a progressive organization that had a talented digital media team. <laughs> if only. And if only that person ha- already had the footage. Right. <laughs> um, but it's just like, I said this last week, but it just starts to feel like Groundhog Day. Like you get, I get up and have the same Wednesday and Thursday every week. Mm-hmm. I just go, now what am I going to do? It's been through every chamber. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any part in Groundhog Day about in vitro fertilization. Would have been a very different movie. Sounds like he went off script. He would, yeah. <laughs> it's like the part of the movie where you start to realize that you're finally getting out of like this, this part. You're getting out of the time loop. Yeah. But, yeah, it's. It's not. Fun to just like, have to constantly, hear people, debate your right to like make your own decisions. Right, and it and it's ironic. You you mentioned the sense of irony in the <clears throat> beginning because. Right before this, they uh, they passed the resolution celebrating the centennial of Iowa ratifying the 19th Amendment to the Constitution. Um, but so the 19th Amendment basically states that the right to vote cannot be denied on the basis of sex. And I mean, the 19th Amendment enfranchised white women, which is a point of contention, especially now as we approach the, the centennial, because Native women didn't get to get the right to vote until 1924, when all indigenous people were basically brought under the umbrella of U.S. citizenship under the Snyder Act. Right. And then black women wouldn't be allowed to freely vote until this passage of the Civil Rights Act in 1964. But it's just, it's like stupid ironic. Yeah. Like, someone put that on the on the agenda for the day and was like, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And just like, didn't look at what the optics of that was. Or did and 
or didn't didn't, didn't care. Just didn't. Get there it. is an annoying faction of like anti uh, like anti choice people that are like it's feminist, it's pro woman. I'm like, it's not. You can't see the gesture I'm making, but like, <laughs> it's not a polite one. It's not a polite one. Um, but but also just like a lot of the strides that women and also in general like this country have made would not have been possible without the ability to decide if when and with whom to have a family yeah. like without birth control without access to abortion i don't think we would have seen the explosion i think of women in the workforce of being and i mean that also goes with like chi- that like childcare should also be more available if i feel like they're always taking this from the wrong angle like if you don't if you want people to like have children give them the support so that they can have them well since the affordable care act was passed we've seen a, a huge drop in the number oh my god of of people seeking abortion the, the, it's, it's weird you I, give people you give people uh, uh jobs and health care and suddenly they can take care of families there was a show in I think it started in 2009, um, but it was called The Secret Life of the American Teenager. And it was during that time where like everything was about teen pregnancy because they were like, oh, my God, teen pregnancy is such a big deal. Yeah. And then the Affordable Care Act passed and you just and it just goes straight (laughs) down. And I'll be honest, I only watched until the second season, but I don't think they had like a storyline after that because the Affordable (laughs) Care Act came out and they're like, why are all these kids getting pregnant? Let's give them some contraception. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Canceled my favorite Just show. Ruined ABC Family's <laughs> crown jewel. Then they got sold to Disney. It all comes back to Obamacare. But, yeah, like, I, I don't think these people remember how, how like, common it was to to hear about teen pregnancies, to hear about crisis pregnancies, to like have these sort of things that all could have been avoided with just like freely available contraception. Also, I don't Mm -hmm. think any of them fully realize that like pregnancy is very complicated and can go wrong really fast. Can confirm. Can confirm. Greg, have you had? (laughs) (laughs) Not me personally, but someone very, very close to me and lives in my house. (laughs) Yeah. But there, and it's also just Let's like see, two, a, uh, two days ago was the uh, the second anniversary of Eloise coming home Aww. after forty five days in the NICU because she was born uh, six weeks early. Um, we don't know if that was uh, due to any of my wife's you know pre existing conditions, but certainly didn't help. Um, it was a rough pregnancy. It was really rough, you know, night after night. Uh, having to console her, you know, her in tears saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. And just having to, you know, try to get through it one day at a time. But yeah, it's, it's rough. We had resources. We had family support. Both of us had good jobs, you know, with benefits. What happens if someone doesn't have that? Also, like, in addition to just being, like, complicated and full of, like, terrible things that can go wrong 
delivering a child is super dangerous. Yeah. And a lot of bad things can happen then and also postnatal. Like, mm-hmm. Serena Williams almost died after having her baby. And she's basically a superhuman. Yeah. I think they're approaching this. If they want to call themselves pro-life, they cannot just be pro-birth. Right. If you're going to, like, if you're going to call yourself pro-life, you need to be pro-food stamps, pro-maternal health care, pro-everyone health care, pro, like, well, anti-gun violence, but pro-gun safety. And... Fully funding education. fully funding education, especially sex education. Yes. Because... That's how we get into these things. (laughs) It's interesting to watch it from an outside perspective and just be like, there are so many other ways you could be helping people in the way that you think you are. Yeah. And this is 100% not the way to be doing this. Right. This is, this is seeing, you know, uh, 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 this is like having a a leak in your kitchen. So you set it on fire. Yeah. (laughs) Does that happen to you, Greg? No. I've not set my kitchen on fire. You just stopped the leak? Yes. Well, with that... (laughs) I don't have anything really positive to say, but, like, just know that we are trying to mobilize people to call their legislators to get this taken care of, nipped in the bud. And also, if you you live in a district that you have a a good legislator who's, like, a good Democrat, good on these issues... um, Send them an email that says, like, thank you for standing up for for these things. Yeah. Because it does it does take a lot out of you to just constantly be fighting. And it I does. think it it does really make your day when you get something that says, like, you're doing a good job. I really appreciate you fighting for me. This happened to my family, and I'm really glad that I have you as an advocate and that you're on my side. Yeah, I know. I'd appreciate that. Greg, thank you for being an advocate and for being on my side. You're doing a great job. You're welcome, Lauren. Lauren, (laughs) thank you for being an advocate and fighting for me. You're doing a great job. See, it's that easy. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are recorded, mixed, and edited by Greg Hallenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week.